There's great power in a name. It says who we are. It's what we are known by to all those around us. And there's nothing so powerful as the name of the Lord God. In a world that often feels chaotic and fear-filled, God's name is the one to hold close. In this series on the names of God, CMC pastors will be sharing the importance and emphasis of each name and revealing how they meet the needs of our everyday circumstances and situations. Join lead pastor Tim Brooks in this series on the names of God. We want to welcome you to this series on the names of God, and this is fantastic. I am just thrilled you're here. In the Bible, we study the Old Testament, and the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And as we discussed in our introduction, Hebrew is a very, very, very descriptive language. It's one of the most descriptive of all languages, and I believe that's why they refer to it as God's language. English is just not that descriptive. So when you translate Hebrew to English, we read the word God or the word Lord, and that's it. And Hebrew has 80 plus names of God that we translate as, every time you read one of those names and you just translate that as God, our Lord, because we don't have an English word that means what the Hebrew word means. Last week in our introduction, we passed out a sheet with um, a little over 80 names on it. Uh, someone asked me a while ago, uh, did I have the pronunciation of all those names? I said, you're on your own. Uh, uh, yeah, this, is, uh, this is some of this is your own your own. I got the pronunciation of the name I'm going to teach. And outside of that, you figure it out. I don't, I'm sure we could get an app or you can, you can ask Siri anything. Maybe she knows Hebrew. I don't know. Uh, to get to know God, we, we need to learn his nature, his attributes, his characteristic. Um, and, and the names of God open us up to a greater portrait of God. When you're sick, you just stay sick. Unless you know that he is your healer. Uh, you, you have to understand the names of God because they explain to us attributes of God that otherwise you don't know that God does that. To keep us from teaching a series that would take well over two years, uh, we've just picked out some of the more prominent names of God. Uh, I've picked out the names that I can pronounce. That's how I come up with the ones I'm going to teach. In this lesson, we're going to look at the name Adonai. Psalms 97 verse 5, um, it tells us the hills melt like wax. And then it says, the Lord is the Lord of the whole earth. Or some translations say, God is the Lord of the whole earth. When you look up that English word in Hebrew for God, the first God, or the first Lord in that verse, in our introduction we talked about the root word Elohim, in the beginning Elohim. In the beginning Elohim, the first word, the first four words of the Bible, in the beginning Elohim, the creator. So we talked about that being a root word last week, creator God. So when we begin to read Psalms 97, it would read in Hebrew, Elohim is the Adonai of the whole earth. Elohim, the creator, God, we just say God is the God of the whole earth. Well, we missed the whole thing. We we miss what that's saying unless we go back and look up these names. Elohim is the Adonai of the whole earth. Adonai 
means ownership. The word Adonai deals with the connotation and all that ownership means, and I want to look at that in the next few minutes together. Psalms 97 verse 5 in Hebrew, He is not only the creator of the whole world, but He is the owner of it as well. Now, this is huge. This is huge, and we got to talk about this. The guy who created my truck is no longer the owner of it. Ownership is mine. It's no longer the creator of the truck. Okay, Psalms 97 reveals that God is the Adonai. He is the Elohim and the Adonai. He is the creator, but he is still the owner. Adonai is found a little over 400 times in the Bible. And Adonai contains the concepts. And I want to talk a little bit about the concepts of ownership. It's, it's very interesting. This word does not only convey ownership, and, and I don't want to just stop at that because, and take for granted that you understand ownership conveys the message of responsibility of care and well-being as well. Now, you got, to, you, you got to see this. See, the owner is to provide for, the owner protects, the owner guides, the, the owner maximizes the potential of the thing that he owns. I own my truck. I want to protect it. I want to keep it in the carport. I want to service it. I want to take care of it. But I want to get the most out of it I can get out of it. I want my four-wheeler to operate at its best level. Uh, I've got cows. I've got horses. I don't want a cow standing there and eating. I want her to be nursing a baby and pregnant with another one. See, I, I want to maximize her potential. I want to get all out of her that is capable of getting out of her as that cow's owner. Psalms 97.5, the creator, Elohim, is the Adonai, the owner of the whole earth. Now, here's what I want you to understand. He did not create this thing and just kick it into motion and leave us. He is still the owner. Psalms 50.10, every beast of the forest is mine. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. In the New Testament, the apostles often called themselves as servants or slaves Bond servants of Jesus. Y'all familiar with that? Where'd they get that? They knew the Old Testament. See, where did they get that they were a slave, that they were owned? Where did they get, where did the disciples get the concept that Jesus owned them? They knew Adonai. They knew, they knew their Old Testament and they knew Adonai. Now, this is powerful. Because ownership includes or constitutes responsibility. Now, I want you to see this. The the creator of my truck no longer owns my truck. So, he's not responsible for taking care of it, for changing the oil in it, for changing the tires on it, for pouring it full of DEF fluid all the time. It's a diesel. 
uh, the wind has got to be up in the rain. It needs to be in the carport, out of the sun, out of the hail. See, if there's a problem, the creator of my truck senses no responsibility to my truck. The owner of the truck senses great responsibility. So it's huge that you understand that he is Elohim and Adonai still. And you've got to get this. Now, it's interesting in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 6, we read um, Sarah called her husband uh, Lord, and that word is Adonai. Now, it's interesting, Sarah referred to Abraham as her owner. Abraham, her husband, she referred to him as owner. Well, what that meant was care, provide, protect, nurture, Maximum potential out of all that she is. Product. Read, read Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman. I mean, that's what uh, Abraham was, Sarah was saying that Abraham is going to draw out of her. Now, what's happened is wrongly over the decades, and I guess centuries, men treated their wives as owning a piece of pro- a worthless piece of property. I, and I don't understand if a man thinks that he owns his wife, why would he treat her like a dog, like dirt? I, I don't treat my truck like that. I don't treat my house like that. What I own, I take very good care of. I am running out in the middle of a rainstorm to roll the windows up in the thing. I'm going to, if I own it, I'm going to take care of it. So how did man, well, it was just insecurity, uh, male dominance with an insecure attitude that, that wants to throw around, well, I'm on you and you're my wife and you're going to do what I tell you you're going to do. You, you've missed ownership. You, 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 you ain't got a clue of what you're talking about here. The point of this name, Adonai, as the owner, God, Adonai, in an amazing way, assumes a sense of responsibility toward you. This is huge in this day and time because it is contrary to what so many people recognize. Right now, we've got many people that recognize, yes, there had to be a God out there. There had to be a supreme being out there. Look, I'm just not stupid enough to believe in evolution. I'm not stupid enough to believe that this banged in here. Yes, I'm going to hand it to you. There is a supreme being out there that put all this together and created all of this. But they believe that he has no involvement whatsoever in our daily lives and in what goes on here on earth. Yes, I'm going to hand it to you. There is a supreme being, but he is far and distant and he's removed from daily life here. That belief does not know Adonai. They know Elohim, but they don't understand Adonai, who provides, who protects, who guards, who leads, who cares, who assumes responsibility for us. Turn to Genesis 15. Get in this. The first usage of the name Adonai in the Bible, Genesis chapter 15, we start here in verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord, and that word Jehovah, that first Lord, Jehovah, came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord, 
God, that's Adonai, Jehovah. Okay, Jehovah, revealer, God revealed himself to Abram. But then we get down, and now it is, oh Lord, Adonai, owner. You got responsibility here. What are you going to give me since I'm childless? See, we are appealing to my owner who's supposed to be taking care of me, who's supposed to be taking, giving me, watching over me, assuming responsibility for me. Hey, what are you going to do about the situation? I'm childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar. Now, it's very interesting. God had promised Abram, make him a great nation, give him a child, even in his old age. God made that promise under the name Jehovah, the one who reveals himself to you. God revealed himself to Abram, and he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you a child in your old age. He re- Jehovah revealed himself to Abram. It's just like going to church and you hearing the word of God. You go to church, you hear the word. You go to church, you hear the word. Abram responded to God, Jehovah. He got up and he moved to the promised land. Ten years, nothing happens. Hey, I heard the word. I acted on the word. Nothing's happening here in my life. What's happening here? So we got a 10-year gap between Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 15 where God reveals himself to Abram. And then we, we, 10 years. I mean, that's a long time. 10 years. Hey, I did what you said to do and still no puppy. What are we going to do? He approaches God. God, what's up? Genesis chapter 15. Verse 1 and 2. That first word, Jehovah. He said, you revealed yourself to me. Verse 2. Oh, Lord God. Okay, you revealed yourself to me, Jehovah Adonai. See, Abram heard what God had said when he revealed his plan to him. But Abraham hadn't seen the fulfillment of that. So Abram appears to God's character of ownership. See, you you reveal this to me. Now Abram goes back to him and says, you're the owner here. This hadn't happened. It's not me. You're the one in charge. You're the owner. What are you going to do about it? Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, no, what am I going to do? You're the owner. I'm just here. Now, now what are we going to do about this? You see what the position that Abram is assuming here. Okay, let's read verse 4 and 5. Jehovah, the the next word, Lord, Jehovah, revealer of himself, reveals more to Abram. This man will not be your heir. Took him outside. Look at the stars. Count him. He's going to be your descendants. That word is Jehovah. He's revealing the plan to him. Verse 8, Abram appeals to God again. Oh, Lord God, okay, I get it. You are Jehovah. You're revealing yourself to me. But he pulls out the Adonai again. See, oh, Lord, you're revealing this to me. But Adonai, you're the owner. You are, oh, Lord God, Adonai, Jehovah. See, the point of this whole lesson is Abram was in a hopeless situation. He's close to 100 years old. And you find yourself... Often in hopeless situations, you're in a situation that you believe to be 
hopeless. I mean, I, I, this has not happened for me. This has not worked for me. Here I am in life. I'm in a hopeless situation. You, you, you come to church. You're here. Clearly, you know Jehovah. You, you know Jehovah. God has revealed himself to you or, you, or you probably wouldn't be here. God's revealed himself to you. God's revealed himself to you through his word. You read the Bible. You know Jehovah. But you've got to know he's your Adonai. You have to come to a place in your life where, yes, he is Elohim. He is my creator. Yes, he is Jehovah. He reveals himself to me. But you've got to personally know Adonai. He is the owner of your life, and he takes responsibility for your situation. Too many Christians only know him as Jehovah. They know who God is. They have had his word revealed to them. But they've never experienced the power of calling on Adonai in their life. My owner, who is responsible for me, he provides for me. He protects me. He cares for me. He guides me. Now, here's the problem. Let's just let's get down to the bottom line. I mean, that's what we do here. Too many people want to know Jehovah, but they don't want to know Adonai. See, I still want to do my own thing. I want to sleep with who I want to sleep with. I want to party with who I want to party with. I want to do what I want to do. I want to live life like I want to live it. And then I want to come to church occasionally and just worship Jehovah. That's where we are. You can get people coming and confessing Jehovah. You can get that. Oh, we recognize God. Oh, we love you. We love you. We Oh, worship, worship. But you don't want Adonai in your life because you still want to do what he's clearly told you not to do. You, you still want to act, you want to sleep with, you want to go here, you want to do this, you want to hang out, you want to entertain yourself like this, but you want the benefit. Okay, now let me, you got this. Here's what I want you to know. The fulfillment of the promises of God in your life are directly related to your surrender to Adonai, not your worship of Jehovah. And you're going to have to get that. I just came to me backstage in my office. I was thinking about all of this. The fulfillment of the promises in life are directly related to the level of surrender to Adonai and not the height of your worship of Jehovah. And you're going to have to come to know that. Adonai has got to have the right to own you if he's going to take responsibility for you. Do you know how many GMC pickup trucks there are on Everett's parking lot at their store over there on I-30? A lots of them. Drive by I-30 and look at how many GMC pickups that place has to, has to sell over there. Lots of them. I ain't responsible for none of them because I don't own them. But there's one I own.
this is good. There's one that was on that lot that came under my ownership. I got that thing in the carport. I don't leave the windows down in it. I drive it through a $10 car wash. I'm taking care of that day. I'm taking care of that one. Let me just tell you something. You're not the owner of Terry and I's house. You don't own it. I can't get mad at you for not taking care of it. I can't get mad at you for not taking care of it. it you don't own it. I can't say, Jenna, where were you when my grandson spilled Coke on the floor? Where were you? How come you weren't there when my grandson... You could have stopped that. I can't get mad at her. She don't own the house. Kayla, where were you? That rained this morning and the window was down. And if you would have been the person you said you are, you would have... Listen to what we say to God. Listen to what we say to God about what he should have done. And Kayla looks at me and says, I don't own that house. I don't own the house. See, we're blaming, where were you, God? And why did you let this happen? And why didn't you take care of this? And where were you? Because I don't own that GMC pickup. I don't own that house. And I drive by and I see vehicles in people's yard. And it's raining and the windows are down. And I don't stop and run over and roll the windows up. That ain't mine. That ain't mine. This is good. It's awful quiet. Exodus chapter 4. Another example of Adonai. I don't, we don't have time to go all back into Moses' life and his growing up, God shows up in a burning bush. He calls Moses, Exodus chapter 4, uh, verse 10, 11, 12, 13, long in there. Then Moses says to the Lord, that word's Jehovah, Please, Lord, that next Lord is Adonai. Adonai, I've never been eloquent, neither a speech, neither recently or in times past. I'm slow, my slow tongue, I can't talk. Then... Elohim, the creator, Elohim, said to him, who made man's mouth? So we've got the creator God talking, who did all of this? Who makes him mute or deaf or sees or blinds? Is it not I, the Lord, that word Jehovah? Look, let me reveal this to you about me creating all of this. He goes on and says, please, Lord, that word Adonai. Send the message by whoever you want to. See, after God gets Moses to tell, I can't do this. God, you, you got the wrong man here. But then he ends by saying, Adonai, you send the message by whoever you want to. See, despite Moses' insecurities, all of his fears, all of why this won't work, why you got the wrong person, God is in charge. God is in charge, and God is the owner. God is the creator you can handle this if that's what you want done. See, God takes on the owner's responsibility. And he says, I made the mouth. I made the tongue. I'll tell you what to say. I'm going to guide you. When you find yourself in situations, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not talented enough. You don't know God well enough. You don't even know where to turn. Submit to Adonai. 
ruler, owner, master of your life. When God is your Adonai, when Jesus is your Lord, then his word becomes final authority in your life. Because you see him as owner. Well, I think this, and I think that, and I think this, and well, I don't believe in this. I... But Adonai is my owner. It's, I can tell you what I think all the time. I mean, well, I think this, and I don't think that, and I don't think this should happen, and I wouldn't handle it that way. But Adonai is the owner here. You have to come to that in your understanding. Turn to Judges chapter 6. Read about Gideon. The Israelites were being pounded by the Midianites. Chapter 6. He raises up judges to handle various situations in the period of Judges. Verse 6 and 7, Israelites cried out to God, that word is Jehovah, for relief and deliverance. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord Jehovah, that word Jehovah, came to Gideon. And he said, anytime you got God saying or revealing truth, it's going to be Jehovah. So Jehovah tells him, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. Verse 13 and 14, Gideon didn't feel like a valiant warrior. Hmm, really? You're blessed. You're healed. You're this. You're, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that. God's always revealing stuff to us that we just don't feel. I don't see it that way. Well, Gideon, you're the valiant warrior. Well, verse 13 and 14, Gideon doesn't feel like a valiant warrior. Verse 15. Gideon says, O Lord, that word is Adonai. See, Gideon had an owner. Gideon had an owner. Adonai, how will I deliver Israel? You're the owner. You're the one in charge. What do you want me to do? Gideon is saying, God, I don't qualify for this. I don't know what to do. I can't handle this. You're the owner. What's the plan? Verse 16, that word God says to Gideon, he begins to talk to Gideon, that word is Adonai. See, God calls himself Adonai, surely will be with you, and you will defeat Midian as one man. And that's what Gideon did. That's what Gideon did. Gideon appealed to Adonai. God assumed the responsibility of Adonai and said, here's what we're going to do. And that's what happened. See, when you surrender before our owner, the all-powerful Adonai, when you lay your insecurities, your doubts, your fears before him, you, you are literally amazed at what he does with and in and through you. But the problem you're having with God not doing with you, in you, through you, like you want him to, is because you're still worshiping Jehovah, but you don't know Adonai. You have not rolled over the ownership of your life. It's my life, I'll do what I want to do. It's my body, I'll do what I want to do with it. It's, I'll make all my own decisions. my money, it's my... Uh, you, you want to worship Jehovah, but you hadn't come to ownership in your life. The Midianites in this story, and I, I won't take time here, they represent for us strongholds in your life. The Midianites keep you oppressed. They keep you depressed. They keep you addicted. They keep you defeated. They keep you controlled. They keep you walking in fear. They keep you in hiding. The Midianites are always after you. And my point tonight is just like Gideon. 
submit to Adonai, and then you defeat these strongholds in your life. Gideon went out, and I mean, he defeated them. He did this, but he did this under submission to Adonai. And if you'll come to the place in your life, you will submit your life to Adonai, then you can defeat your drug addiction. But until you submit to Adonai, you're going to get off of it for a week or two or a month or six months. And then as soon as you get out of Teen Challenge, you're right back into drugs. Because and then it gets you back into Teen Challenge and you get good. Then you're right back. Until you submit to Adonai and understand he owns you, it's just a continual roller coaster. But whenever you submit your life to Adonai, then you defeat the Midianites in your life. You defeat them. In your life. And you're in a hopeless cycle until you do. Isaiah chapter 6. It's my favorite. And my favorite. Chapter 6, verse 1. One of my favorite verses. In the year of King Uzziah's death. I don't like people who cry. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw Adonai sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Here's what you got to understand to understand that verse. Human kings appeared to the Israelites as their protector their Savior. See, Saul, King David. See, we, we got to have a king. That'll, we need a King David to come and defeat Goliath and defeat the Philistines. See, the kings for Israelites were the ones that provided for them, that fed them, that cared for them, that defeated the enemies, that led them into battle. The king, the king took care of their life for them. And without the king, the Midianites, the Philistines, the Arshites, the Hezites, the Jezebites, they're going to come and get us without the king. Oh, my gosh. King Uzziah is dead. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Our king, our protector, our God, he's dead. Now what are we going to do? Isaiah says, I saw. See, when King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw Adonai. And he's not shaken by the death of a king. Your protection is not altered by the death of a king. Your dependence on the king is misplaced. Adonai is still on his throne. Whatever you're going through, whatever has happened in your life, whatever has transpired for you, you've got to know Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. I saw Adonai. Everybody's panicked. Everybody's in fear. Everybody's scared. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What we, well, I just lost my job. I just lost my money. I just lost my bank account. I, I've just lost my... Hey, I saw Adonai. He's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. And he's high. He's lifted up. And he's so big. The, the train on his robe filled the whole temple. He was so big. Adonai is high. And lift it up. When your source of security is gone, Isaiah said, I saw Adonai. I want you to know when your crisis hits, I saw Adonai 
and he's still on the throne. When worry takes over, you need to say, I saw Adonai, and he is still on the throne. When fear grips your heart, you need to say, I saw Adonai, and he is still on the throne. Here's the problem. Too many want to use God's name and all that he has made and all of the power that he possesses without acknowledging him as ownership overall. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20 says, If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, even your body belongs to him. Even your body belongs to him. It's my life, it's my... You have to submit ownership of your life. You have to know the password to access your computer. Adonai is a surrender to the owner. That's the password to access all that he has for you. And until you submit to him as owner, he doesn't feel any responsibility to roll the windows up in your truck. Just remember this. Believing in God does not access his authority and power. Always remember, the demons believe in God. Well, I believe in God. The demons believe in God. The demons believe in God. The disciples referred to themselves as bondservants, as slaves of Jesus. And they did so because they had a a understanding of Adonai. Confessing Jesus as Lord. Confessing Him as Adonai. Confessing Him as owner, as ruler of your life. Requires actions that verify His ownership. Oh, Jesus, you are Lord. Well, I don't see that being manifest in your life because you are still making very foolish decisions that he would never make. When you confess Jesus as Lord, then he begins to make the decisions for your life. Have you confessed Jesus as Lord? Oh, yeah, I've confessed Jesus as Lord. Well, it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like you have changed ownerships. It looks like you are still owner of your life. It looks like you are still the boss of your life. Yes, you say you've confessed Jesus, Lord, but when you confess Jesus, Lord, you change ownerships. And he becomes your Adonai. It's my life. It's my body. It's my stuff. It's my money. I'll do what I want to do. That life does not submit to God. It doesn't bow its knee. It does not humble itself before Adonai. He's the owner. And here's what I want to close out with. If he's not owner, then he is not responsible. God, why did you just, God, where were you? Why didn't you take care of this? And why did you take care of that? The reason I didn't roll up the windows in that truck when I drove by is because it wasn't my truck. And that's why it rained in it. But here's what you can know. The truck that I own, it's going to be taken care of. Y'all stand with me. Lord, tonight, we thank you for a continual revealing of your word to us and a continual revealing of yourself to us. Lord, as we come to know you more and more, as we come to know you 
deeper and deeper as we come to understand you more clear. Let our life reflect what we've heard. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us each week for the CMC Podcast. CMC has so much to offer. We host summer camps for all ages, a Christian school, K-4 through 12th grade, youth conferences, a college-age internship, and much more. Go to cmchurch.com for more information about all the great things CMC has for you. 